someone that's under 20, under 25, and they'll show you how to do it. Um, welcome to the new millennium. For those of us that have been dragged kicking and screaming into it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the blessing. We're going to, uh, before we come into a time of sharing, we're just going to come and spend a little more time worshipping the Lord and just preparing our hearts to receive from the Word. And I, I also want to create an opportunity for ministry to one another just before we, we really get into anything today. You know, I, I hope that you've, you've come today with a heart prepared for, God, I want you to do something special. I want direction and purpose for my life and I'm hoping that you'll do something special. And I know that that's where, where my heart's at. Um, I've been preparing, Britt will tell you, pretty solidly for a couple of weeks, just uh, constantly pulling myself away from the, the family and, and just getting alone to hear from the Lord for, for what he has for us. Because I believe we're coming into some big things. But... Before we get into that, I want to just take a time. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. We're going to spend a little bit of time just worshipping. And, and uh, in due course, we, I want to take some time to just pray for one another. And I don't want you to just, you know, just pray for the person standing next to you. You know, the scripture tells us that we have been given the mind of Christ. If we're believers, if we're followers of Jesus, then we've been given the mind of Christ. And that means that the Lord wants to speak through you to that person that you're praying for. And to give words of, of encouragement and comfort. As it, as it says in Isaiah... Speak ye comfortably to my people. There are times that, that God does want to speak joy and comfort and peace into your life. And I believe that the, the year that we are stepping into, 2020, double-double, is, is about a time of blessing. And so we're just going to come and spend some time worshipping the Lord. And, and then uh, we're going to break up into groups and... And if, there's, if you just feel something for someone, even while we're singing this song, you just feel free to step out and we're going to take some time to minister to each other before we, we come around the Word and, and uh, look into this year together. Thanks, guys. When I was out the front earlier, the Lord gave me a picture and I saw um, like a waterfall pool and um, we were in the waterfall pool, but it was getting a bit cramped and the water was getting a little bit muddied. And then the Lord said, look over here, I've built a new waterfall pool for you. And we looked over and it was clear and it was cool. There wasn't any mud in there. The first pool was just was starting to get a bit lukewarm and the Lord's saying get out of that pool and come over here into this fresh new pool it's got fresh revelation that as we come in there not only will the water be clear but our the revelation that the Lord gives us will also be clear there won't be any doubt about it 
but he's saying it's time to get out of that old pool and come and step into the new new pool that he has prepared for us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So the scripture says that we are to test the spirits and we're to judge the word. And, and when I get words like this, I speak it out in public so that the word gets to be judged by everybody else, including, of course, yourselves. But of course, that's not the only word that I've been sitting on. Something has shifted in me this, just this year. And I'm not, ju- I don't just have a, uh, while I've got some, some words for people as individuals, I believe that the Lord's given me a word for this year. And I want to share this. I believe that this is what the Lord would say. I am calling my people to arise and to gather, even I was as I would call the nation of Israel to gather. For just as the Israelites had times of building, of seed and harvest, where they would go about their daily lives, and then they had times of war, where the nation would be gathered together for a common cause. I am bringing you, my people, into a new season. A season of laying down your own seed time and harvest time. A time of establishing for yourself. To take up a time of establishing for my purposes. For though my desire for you is good and my purpose for you is sure, you are not called to dwell apart, but to be part of my body, a part of this body, says the Lord. For it is not by chance or by your hand that you are gathered together with this people at this time. But it is my purpose and my hand, says the Lord. And behold, I have even stayed those from this moment. For just as Gideon desired to bring many to battle, yet I thinned the numbers to just as I needed. Even today, I gather those who would lean into victory for my plans and purposes. I am calling you, my people, to be strong and courageous, not to fear or to be dismayed, but to trust in me and my leading. I have not called you as a people to look upon your own dealings, but I am calling you to lift your eyes to the horizon, out of your own place and your own house, to the city and to the nation and to the nation. You have been gathered to this place and to this house, not because you are a people set to this house, but because you are a people bound to and bound for the nations. 
So lift your gaze. Lift your expectations. For the season is changing before your eyes. As pestilence continues to harass the world, you are not to be dismayed or to allow the concerns of the world to be your concerns. But instead, fix your eyes and attention on me and the work that I have for you, says the Lord. Fear and worry will rob you of your victory. Instead, remember that I have already defeated sin and death and have promised you that no harm will come to your door. The bushfires that have ravaged the country will mark the beginning of a year that will be punctuated by disasters in Australia that will capture the attention of the nation. And as her people continue to walk away from me, causing my hand of blessing to be lifted. For the lusts of this nation have grown like a cancer in the soul. For they lust for each other and do not righteously yearn for me. The burning of their lust consumes the nation even as the fires have consumed the land and the smoke of their sins rises from it like a stench from the people. But I would call you, my people, to be a light of restoration and restitution, to call this nation back to me, back to the love of a father that would desire to pour out His blessings in full measure. For I have found in you a people who desire to do good and to do my will. And though you would say, what can we do? We're small in number and no one will listen to our plea. Know this, says the Lord, that in due time, I will draw the attention of many to you people of influence will seek you out to understand what I have placed among you, says the Lord. But I would call you, my people, to stand up and lay hold of the task that I choose to put before you. For you cannot live for yourself and please me, says the Lord. I would call each of you to choose to lay down your own passions and desires to lay hold of mine for your life. Do you not know that even a soldier volunteers to serve? But once he has volunteered, he no longer makes choices for himself, but follows the direction of his commanding officers. In the same way, come and say to me, I will serve you, Lord, but then don't go about doing your life and doing what pleases you. I will not bless the ways of a double-minded man. No, I'm calling my people to form up in regiment and rank and file to follow my direction to follow the directions of those whom I have called to lead you. My people, 
I would put before you a great task for the time has come, says the Lord, for you, my people, to come out of the place of hiding, to come out of the place of the cave. For in this year, I would even lift off my servants the veil of derision that has been upon you. Even now, says the Lord, I would place chains and shackles of bondage on the spirit assigned to buffet you and to speak against you. I am silencing the tongues of spite and I would even cause them to clap their hands over their mouths in shock for what I am going to do with you, my people. I would even cause this to be a year where those who have spoken against you will choose instead to stand with you, says the Lord. And there will be others as well that will rally to you in this coming year because you have been bold to stand. And because of that boldness, others shall be emboldened to stand with you, says the Lord. I have great plans for you, my people, but I require of each of you to rise to the task and commit to the calling that I would place upon you. For many have been like wild horses, unwilling to come under bridle and saddle. I will chart my course and my destiny. But my son, my daughter, you were never called by me to fulfill your destiny. You were called by me to fulfill my destiny, my purpose and my desires. So lay down your resistance and rebellion. Yes, my child, your rebellion. You praise me with your mouth but resist my direction and my call to serve. I am looking for a people that do not serve me begrudgingly and with resistance in their hearts, but, do, but I desire a people who yearn to serve me. But you would say, Lord, I am willing to serve you. Look at my ministry I do for you. Do you not know? that you are really choosing to serve yourself? When you are willing to serve one another, this is when you truly serve me. I will put hooks in the jaws of Leviathan and I will draw him down. I will silence his tongue and the twisting of words against you, my people. I would bind his thrashing and the muddying of the waters around you that has obscured the people from being able to view even you properly, to understand who you are and who you genuinely represent as you reflect me. Let those who stand against you, my people, do so because they stand against me and not because of any deception of the evil one. My desire, my children, 
is to take the candle that has been hidden away for such a time as this, to take that candle and to put it on a stand so that it cannot be hidden. I desire to lift you from a place of hiddenness and bring you into a place of prominence, says the Lord. Amen. You receive that. Maybe we can just give the Lord some praise and clap him, give him a clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks. So yes, I've been waiting on the Lord. That was that's what I received from from the Lord, and I believe that it it frames up very carefully what God's going to do, even even into this year. But one thing that you've got to understand about God's vision for us as a people and for you is. I think Ezekiel's vision paints it out really well. Um, Isaac, I'm going to want to swap over to my laptop with the HDMI. Um, who knows that God's got a vision for your life? And it's a great purpose and a great vision. Well, one of the things that we are going to do today, before we go any further, is we're going to find out what his vision for you is. Who reckons they've got a handle on what God's got for their life? Well, there's one or two hands. There's a couple. Who, being honest, would say, I would like a bit of a hand in getting a handle on God's vision and purpose for my life? Yep, there's two hands from one person over there. Yes, more hands are going up, yeah. All right, so uh, excuse me while I log in and set this up. Okay. Here we go. All righty. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through a little tool to help you get a bit of a handle on what God may have for your life. Now, you're going to need uh, a pen and paper or your, your phone app, your notes app or something like that, um, just so that you've got something to work with. And... There's, I know there's a bit of a thing about messy church. I, I don't really understand what that means, but we're probably going to get a little bit messy with this, so I'm getting out of the way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you write your vision and purpose and mission in life. Who thinks that that will be useful as a starting point? Yep. All right, so what we're going to do is this. I'm going to show you a series of words. And they're going to come up on the board. And some of you with eyesight like mine are going to 
go, I can't see that from here. And so feel free to come up and get in front of the screen and kind of um, get a closer look. But what I want you to do is, as I show this list, I want you to choose out of this list. Now, I want to say this. For those of you who have done this journey with me before, no wisecracks or giving away the punchlines or anything like that, all right? Just, just pretend like you've never done this before and let everybody have the journey together, okay? So what we're going to do is I'm going to show you these words and I want you to find 10 words in this list that describe the movement and effect of your life. And, and this list is not exclusive, right? If you start going through the list and you go, I get the idea of this, but there's a word that's not on the list that you need to put in for yourself, feel free to add that word to your list of 10. Does that make sense? Okay, so here comes the list of 10 words of, well, for you to get 10 out of. Right, so there's a whole bunch of words there. And I want you to have a look through them. We've got advance, believe, carry, clean. Person who chooses that word can come and visit my office. Uh, create, cut, deliver, dream, exist, follow, gaze, hear, right? What, pick out of this list 10 words that de describe what your life is like, what the, the movement of your life is like, what the effects in your life are. Go through this list and find 10 words that really speak to you, okay? You must all have really good eyesight or this is a really good screen. It's a good screen, excellent. Maybe this, we need some of Ethan's chill hop music playing while people are. Just work your way through the list. Pick 10. Look at that, there we go. There we go, it's like thinking music. I feel like we're on a game show now. One of those in... Yeah, one of those intelligent SBS game shows. All right, it, when you've got when you've got ten words, you can like give me a wave or uh, just. How are we going? Who's got 10? Some have, yeah. Well, 
It's like about 10% of us. Rip through it. Pick out 10 that you go, yep, that's me. That word sounds like me. Who's finding it hard to whittle it down to 10? Is that the problem? Yeah. 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 I like that one. I like that one. Well, you know, maybe write down 15 or 20 and then cross some out. That's a good way to do it. Hey? Who's got 10? Who wants more time? Lots of people. (laughs) I'm going to ask that we all bow our heads in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Your life will never be the same. Your home will never be the same. Alright, how are we going? Have we got 10? Everyone's got 10? Alright. Okay. So now, the next thing that you're going to do is this. You've got to whittle your list down to three. Huh? It's, I, I love, Chris, I love the moan. I love the... Uh, yeah so you've got to whistle it down to three all right who's got three just circle your best three words yep all right so these are your three movement and effect words okay yeah, you can find out. Are you rushing on ahead? These are your three movement and effect words. So hold on to those three words. Keep them in mind. Who, who's got their three words organised? Yep. Yeah? It's like, this is infuriating. I can't go three. You have to go, go, take, go down to three. That's all you're allowed. Alrighty. Everyone good? All right. So for me... My three words were build, equip, and influence. So that was my three. So you should have a list like this too, just three words, okay? 
Next, I'm going to show you another list. And this time, out of that list, you're going to choose five words that describe your talents and desire to serve others. Okay? So here's your list. Talents and desire to serve others. All right, so you'll notice that these are ing words. What are ing words, teachers? Verbs. Doing words. Action words. All right. Administering. Healing. Deliverancing. So pick five words that describe how you serve. <laughs> well. And remember, like I said, if there is a kind of an ing word that you, is not on the list, you, you're free to add it in. So do we have someone here who desires to serve in politics? You'd love to do that. You desire to serve the body of Christ through prophecy. What about writing? Might be writing songs, writing books, writing curriculum, planning, planning, administration. Education or entertainment. Sewing. I tell you what, I have a feeling we'll, we'll have a need of that one shortly. Service through sewing. There we go. I've, I've got the ministry of sewing. Um, all right, who's got five words? Right, who doesn't have five words? Yeah, okay. Who's, who's up to maybe four words? You got four words? You ready? No, no one's going to stop me. I'm walking over. All right. So for me, my five words were revival, teaching, leading, giving, and love. But now... Narrow it to two. You've got to pick your best two. I know that this is hard. It's like, but I had five really good words, Todd. But what we're, what we're doing is I'm helping you focus like a laser beam. <laughs> Alrighty, you've got two words, yes? So now you've got a group of three words and 
a group of two words. My two ended up being revival and love. Now, the next thing, I'm going to give you one last list. And out of this list, I want you to choose up to three targets of your life's work and attention. So, um, I can think of one which someone might want to put down that is not on the list would be bikers. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, yes. Who... What, what is the, what group, what market, what territory would, would you like to have as the focus? So like we've got here, the, it might be the abused. You've got a desire to work with the abused. Um, for those who are hungry or hurting. What about... What about Hispanics, right? Who's learning Spanish at the moment? Your, your focus might be men or women, um, the terminally ill, underprivileged, violent offenders, the poor. What about the rich? Well, I don't know, it might mean something to someone, so, yeah. Well, you're, you, you might have a focus on the eternal realm more than the focus on the natural realm, for instance. Well, one... That's a good argument, yes. All right, so have you got three? See, it, it, could, be, um, it could be lawyers, right? Oh, it's legal system, there you go. Um, it could be doctors. Hey, I'm a doctor, I want to focus on doctors. Or, all right, so have you got three? All right, I'm walking over. I'm going to push the button. So my three, I had the church, Australia, and the mission field. Pick one. Pick one. See, double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Helping you pick one target. <laughs> okay, so I ended up picking the church. So what happens is you end up now with three sets of words. You have your, your effect and movement words. You have, you've got three of those and you've got two service words and one target word. All right, have you got that? All right, so what we are going to do now is we're going to take our group of six words and we're going to inject them into a statement. All right, so I, now some people get lost on this bit, so I want to make it really clear that you understand. 
you have got three words, a group of three words, and they are effect words. Yes? You've got a group of two words, which are your service words, and then you have one word, which is your target word. Okay? Now, what we're going to do is this. We're going to inject those words into this statement. My mission in life is to affect word one, affect word two, and affect word three. My target through service one and service two. Does that make sense? All right. So I want you to write this statement out. My mission in life is to put in your effect word number one, comma, effect word number two, comma, and effect word number three, your target word through service word one and service word two. Okay, so for me, mine ended up reading like this. My mission in life is to build, equip and influence the church through love and revival. Who thinks that that sounds like Todd? Indeed. Now, now you may have ended up with some slightly different words that, you know, don't quite fit naturally in our little mini sentence. That's okay, just give it a bit of a massage, right? You might have to add a, you know, a few pronouns or something like that to make it, make it sound like good English when you read it. But do what you need to do to make your mission statement make sense. Now, uh, Kim, can I get you to start handing out? Yeah, and yeah, please feel free to conscript anyone you want. So what Kim's going to do is she's going to hand out to you a nice shiny pen and a little post-it note. And I want you to write your mission statement on that post-it note for me. So grab a pen and grab a post-it note. We might get a couple of you girls to perhaps help her and we'll get it done a bit quicker. Now, while, while we're doing this, who is going to be bold enough to read out their Mission statement. Of course, Marianne's ready to go. My mission in life is to minister, challenge, and free the religious system through teaching and deliverance. Whoa, that sounds good. Deb. My mission in life is to encourage, be decisive, and rejoice with children and people through exhortation and support. Excellent. Fantastic. Who else wants to read theirs out? 
Yeah. My mission in life is to encourage, challenge and use my voice for the broken people using exhortation and deliverance. That is so good. I mean, these are, these are good things, right? This is something to be celebrated. And I want you to write your mission statement on the post-it note. Yeah, that'd be great. Make it like, make it like a, one of those quotable quotes, you know, like I've got on mine. All right? And when you have got it written, you see this big space over here? What I want you to do is go and stick your post-it note up on the wall over here. Oh, on the wall there. Yep, there we go. Anyone else want to have read theirs out for us? Luke. My mission in life is to advance the kingdom of God in unreached people groups through teaching and equipping. Wow. That's fantastic. Stick it on the wall, mate. Straight to the pool room. One day I had a, um, a pastor say to me, so Todd, what's the vision of your church? And I said to him, I don't know. And he said, what do you mean you don't know? I said, I don't know the vision of my church. He said, how could you, how, do you think it'll stick better on the whiteboard, dear? Excellent. All right, we'll go for the whiteboard. There we go. And he said, how could a leader of a church not know the vision of his church? And I said, because the only way that you'll know the vision of our church is if you go and talk to everybody in it. And what you're watching take place at the moment is the vision of our church forming. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, the, the vision of the way is being painted out right now here. And uh, I'd encourage you to, at the end of the day, to actually go and have a read and see, yeah, well, yeah, I take a photo of it, take it home, have a read of it. Here we go, here's part of, at least a good portion of the part of the vision of the way is being formed right there. You see, the vision that God has for a people 
does not just come from its leadership. In fact, it is formed in the hearts and minds of its people. And the, the reality is this, you already know what the vision of the way is. And I'm going to prove it to you because it, it's written spiritually into your DNA. So what we're going to do now, we're going to do the same process again. But this time you are going to answer it for the way. For this fellowship, for this body of believers. Okay, so pull out your notepad again. And we're going to go back to the start. Now, you know the trick this time, so I'm not going to force you to, to find 10. You just, just need to find five. Look at that and go, when it comes to the way, this is us. Sorry, that's not the first one, is it? There we go. When it comes to the way, what are three key words that you think sum up what the way does. Now, it doesn't matter if you get something different to the person next to you. That's okay. All right? I want you to put your three words for the way. What you, what you believe the way is doing or should be doing or, or what the way feels like. Does it challenge? Does it empower? Does it heal? Does it discover? Does it love? Does it reason? Does it support? Pick your three words. Pick the best. It's actually easier to do this than the other one, yeah? So you pick three key words that you think sums up the movement and effect of the way. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know. There's, you might go, well, yeah, actually, Todd, it's harder. I don't know. But, but I want you to just pick out three that you think are best summarise it. How are we going? got one thumbs up <laughs> there's a few more okay yep good good anyone else want a little more time now for those of you that are new to the way you're going well I don't know the way yet I'm just I'm just new doesn't matter you by virtue of the fact that you've wound up here the path of your life has been guided by the Holy Spirit he's already been doing stuff in you so you already know this as well and, and we're going to see it you're going to see how it's going to come out in the wash. We good? All right. So now we're going to pick two words from this list that you think describe the way's service, how it serves. Serves the people, serves the city, serves the nations. 
however you feel to define it. Two words. pick your best two. Alrighty. You've got two? <laughs> Whistle it down. I only want two. Moving on. Now, pick what you think is the best one for the way. Which do you think is the, the best word? One word. The one word that, that is best for the target the target for the way. Yeah. We might put Bendigo, for instance. It's not on the list, but that would be a good start. Or the nations, or Australia. What do you think? What do you think is the best word? All right, have you picked one? Okay, so now what I want you to do is this. It's argument time. <laughs> I want you to get together in groups of up to, say, half a dozen. I want you to go through your lists and look at the, look at the sets of words that each of you have picked. And, and within your group, Whittle it down to the best three, the best two, and the best one that your group can come up with. All right? So groups of up to, up to half a dozen. Have a huddle. No, because the list you're working through now is the list that you've got in front of you. All righty? All right, who, who's got their statement formulated? Yep. I oh, know we've got one over here. Yep. I've just, I've had someone suggest to me that this is lining up for a church split by doing this. But I, uh, I'm actually expecting the opposite. All right. Who's got their statement ready? Yes, here, here, over here. Oh, you should have it on your list from last time when you wrote it out. All 
All right, can, can I have a representative from each group come up who's going to read out their, their statement? All right. Looking for a couple more representatives? Yep. All righty. Okay, if you haven't sent up a rep from your group, please send one. But okay, Leonie. Now, what we're going to do is I'm expecting that we're going to actually hear some very similar themes come out. You know, if not, all my faith is lost. No, no, no. But I, th I honestly believe that we're going to start to hear some similar things come out as we go through this. Okay. I didn't know how to word it, so good. Our mission in life is to encourage, empower and transform our relationships through teaching and evangelism. Wow, that's good. Who thinks that sounds like us, yeah? Yeah, okay. Ours is, our mission in life is to nurture, empower and transform all peoples in Australia through love and exhortation. Wow, love and exhortation. Yeah, that's good. Teaching, exhortation, yep. The mission of the way is to empower, challenge and transform all peoples through love and equipping. Our mission as the way is to empower, encourage, and transform all people, all people through apostolic anointing. There you go. That's good. Our mission in life is to transform, empower, challenge, as usual, the, the hungry through leading and revival. The Way's mission is, in life is to advance, transform and empower the nations through revival and fivefold. Yeah, okay, well there we go. So you notice we had very similar themes come out through all of those groups. Empowering, transforming. We had, we had um, you know, through, yeah, all people, all people as the target. <laughs> Are you all people? Yes, you must be on my target. Um, the, yeah, the, everything from apostolic, fivefold, exhortation. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Point proven, right? You see, I didn't have to come and say to you, this is who the way is. We've all come back saying the same thing. One way or the other, we... And you'll notice that there were certain words in there or there were certain words that were not in there. And what I, what I mean by that is you didn't hear the kind of, you know, to softly care for the, the you know, the, the downtrodden broken wing or the, you know, it... it and there are, there are churches who do that and do that very well, right? But, but the thing is, is like, do, do we care for people? Yes. And, and do we want to look after them? Yes. But, but when, you come, when you come to the crunch of it, that's not really our primary mandate. You, you heard through 
voice after voice that our primary mandate is one pressing in for revival, pushing in in apostolic fivefold ministry to bring exhortation, to, to bring transformation, right? So, so obviously this is not a place where people come to sit and remain in the place that they're at. Right? So you, if you come here, the expectation is going to be transformation will take place. So, yeah, I'm hearing come-ons behind me, right? It's, it's like that, that's, that's, what, that's what this is about. So all of that big exercise is just to help you see that the things that we are talking about as a body is, is not being driven by some sort of hierarchical, leadership-driven ideology that's been pressed on this. We have gathered together because God is bringing a, a people together who have the same heart, the same drive, the same motivation. And that's why I've got your post-it notes up here because I think that you're going to find that you're going to go and read again, very similar kinds of things even coming out of you as individuals because of the nature of who we are as a people. Does that make sense? And so, you know, we might have some wildly different data points in there, but the, the theme of what will be flowing through is we are a people who are called together for a purpose. Amen? So that is what I want to talk about. And uh, we've done all that to kind of paint out what I finally want to share today. So um, just bear with me a moment while I get my other bit open. So uh, grab your Bible or your Bible app. I feel too far away. I'm coming over. And I'll, I'll give you the HDMI. Thank you. Alrighty. Let's turn to Proverbs 29.18. Is anyone going to start quoting that off the top of their head to me? No? Right. If you were raised in the, uh, in the charismatic renewal like I was, you would start singing a song. Yes, I am known for having a song, uh, old song for every occasion. For without a progressive vision, the people dwell carelessly. Yeah, it is actually a song. It is actually a song. Proverbs 29, Proverbs 29, 18. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. says, but when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The New International Version says... Come on, new international version. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Yes. The New King James says... But happy is he who keeps the law. Right, okay. Now, I'm going to read it to you from the THV. The Todd Hunter version. Um, <laughs> I've, what I've done is I've, I've taken a bit of a mash of 
all of the various English translations and kind of crammed it into, into a pie altogether to try to paint out for you the, the depth of what this is saying. But you, you have a look at it in your version as I read this out. When there is no progressive, redemptive, prophetic revelation, vision and divine guidance, or those that receive it choose to reject it and remain ignorant of it, God's order disappears. The people lose self-control, are scattered and wander off, stumbling over themselves as they cast off every restraint, running wild and out of control to the point that they are made naked, perish, decay, and are finally destroyed. But happy are those who observe and keep the wise, divine, revelatory counsel and instruction of the Lord. When they attend to what He reveals and then choose together to follow and obey it, they are truly blessed and joy fills their soul. That's the THV. Let's uh, flip over to another 29, Jeremiah 29, 11. <laughs> and I'm going to do the same thing with this scripture. I'm, I'm going to read it out. I want you to have it in front of you in your version. But I, I want you to hear, I, this is such a word for 2020. You have a look at it in your version as I read this out. And I'll try not to cry. For I know the thoughts I think about you and the plans that I have made for you, declares the Lord. My thoughts and plans are for peace, not plans to hurt you or harm you, not for evil or trouble or disaster. I have good plans for you. Good plans for your welfare and to prosper you. Plans to take care of you and not to abandon you. Plans to fill you with hope for your future. With a wonderful final outcome and expected end that will stand for posterity, the kind of future you hope for. Never forget that. Hallelujah. That's, that's what God has for us as a people. A wonderful plan. A plan. He, his desire is not to abandon us. It's, it's not to leave us. His plan is for your blessing, for your benefit, for your well-being. The, the best plans that you could make for yourself, he's making better ones for you. The best plans that you could come up with for us, he has better plans than that. And Amos 3.7 says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. And this is the thing. We, as a prophetic people, it is the desire of God to reveal His plans to us. 
He's not hiding them away. He's not keeping them a mystery. He wants us to know and understand what he has prepared for us. So I want to set those three scriptures in place as kind of the foundation stone of what I believe that God has in store for us. And I, I know that we've got people who, who have been with us like uh, for right since we started over 10 years ago to people who have now been with us for a grand total of about 48 hours, right? So I want to take a bit of a moment to flesh out who we are and what we stand for and what we believe. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call to uh, the, the younger ship, the greenhouse, very quickly come and stand over to my side here. Quick, quick, quickly. I'm, I figure I've done enough. I've got enough people in this list. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you guys to read out the core values of the way. Alrighty? So our first mandate is ministry unto the Father. Everything we do as believers must be grounded out of a deep and intimate relationship with the Father. Just as we saw Jesus' model, we must also cultivate a lifestyle of closeness with the Father. If we don't remain in intimacy with the Father, it will compromise our ability to effectively love others. Step up, Steph. Love has to be the foundation of being a follower of Christ in all that we do. As we pursue the source of love, we are able then able to love like he loves. Jesus answered love, answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Can I read out the title? Yeah. This is Christ Identity. Know who you are in Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and he is our model for ministry and when we define ourselves by him, we live fruitful and productive lives. While walking on this earth, he walked closely with a few, modeling and teaching the disciples what it meant to be a follower of him. We embrace and walk in the identity of our sonship through our divine union with Christ. We emphasize that as, Christ, uh, as Jesus obeyed the will of the Father, as followers of Christ, we are commanded to do the same. Grow in the Spirit. Sons and daughters are led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8.14 We are no longer orphans, but mature sons and daughters who know our identity in Christ and know how to hear the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I must go so that another will come. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. The Holy Spirit is the empowering agent of the Godhead who is on the earth today. Accordingly, we emphasize his role and presence in our community through the demonstration of the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit as part of the daily life of the believer. We also look to grow in all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Kingdom Carriers. 
Jesus said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 20-21. We carry the kingdom of God within us, and we are called as kings and priests to reach the world, make disciples, influence culture, and inspire true change. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. As we see the kingdom of God expand in the hearts of men, we will see the culture around us be transformed. Priesthood of all believers. The whole body of Christ is called to do the work of the ministry, to raise up disciples who go unto make disciples. This isn't the job of just the church leadership, but it is the call for every individual who calls themselves a follower of Christ. Apostolic Company. We believe that men and women who are called today as apostles and prophets continue to provide the foundational structure of the church with Christ as the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2.20. We believe the effective equipping of the body of Christ requires the fivefold gifts. Ephesians 4.11-13. to 13. These fivefold roles operate as coaches for the rest of the body to function at their full potential to do the work of the ministry. Community of Believers. In Acts 2, 42 to 47, we read about the vibrant community of believers who the Lord added to their number daily, those who were coming to life. Some of the vital keys of this community are apostolic teaching, sharing meals and communion, signs and wonders, sharing passion, sharing possessions, meeting together daily in the courts and meeting together in homes with joy and humility, continuous praises to God and enjoying fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. We believe this scripture provides a template that we actively seek to live by. You guys don't get out of it. There's more to come. So that outlines our our core values as a church. That's what we value. Where are we going with it? The next thing that we're, we're going to read out to you is what we believe are our mandates as a body. So a mandate is what is it that we believe with these values in place, what are we called to do? Luke. To be an apostolic and prophetic company. The way is called to be an apostolic and prophetic company that trains, equips, activates and releases believers in discovering their God-given destiny and purpose and to function at their full potential to do the work of the ministry. The practical outworking of this is through the Greenhouse, Thrive Tribe, the Peace Collab, and as people come into our community and are discipled individually and in-house churches. To intentionally raise up disciple makers who take the spreading of the gospel personally, to operate as an apostolic hub, sending and receiving ministries who equip the body. We are called to a strong culture of influence where we are focused not merely on drawing people to ourselves, but seeing kingdom culture influence many spheres. 
catalyzing revival. We are mandated to press in for revival and provide a deep well for refreshing, a space for the gifts of the Spirit to operate and to demonstrate our faith and God's power through signs, wonders, miracles, unified worship and prayer. To provide ministry and fellowship for the city and region through our monthly Without Walls meetings and Apostolic Peace Club outreaches. Demonstrating a community of love. We have a mandate to build and establish a family of believers, the way community, who encourage, exhort, love and care for one another through the avenue of house churches, regular corporate gatherings and spontaneous times of fellowship with one another. (laughs) A family of sons and daughters who walk together in union with the Holy Spirit, who live and walk like Jesus, holding to an evangelistic and discipleship focus, abiding in a position of worship and obedience to the Father. We are called to be a culture that values worship and prayer and encourage believers to gather together for intercession and worship. This includes Ganya Valley Retreat, Prayer Garden, Worship Prayer Nights, Prophetic Intercessory Gatherings and Releasing Worship into the Nations. Missions focus. We have been given the focus of sending out and supporting people within Australia and the nations, taking apostolic teams to minister in crusades and churches, and to provide training and equipping in our country and other countries of the world. Every believer is called to go. While not all of us can go to the nations, we can certainly go to our own neighbourhoods and towns around us. The Peace Collab provides the machinery for the activation of all believers to find their Judea and Samaria. We feed the poor and needy in accordance with Matthew 25 through our food bank ministry, which provides opportunities for outreach and ministry. To occupy the gate of this city. We are called not just to live in Benigo, but to take up the mantle to spiritually govern it. To legislate kingdom mandates on earth in the city we have been called to as it is, as is sorry as it is in heaven as directed by the Holy Spirit to see the continuation of the generational transformation of our city in our region and beyond to effectively occupy with his dominion until he comes. Creative arts, to foster an environment where creativity is cultivated and the arts are expressed and promoted through music, word, art, dance, inventions, etc. A hub for music producers, songwriters and recording artists to collaborate and produce music that is going to the nations. Business, a mandate to raise up and release Christians into business to become free men in the natural as part of the kingdom marketplace. So that, that is what the way is called to do. And I think that that's exciting. That, that that is what we are called to as a people, is to touch business, to, to reach into the, the creative arts field, um, to occupy the gate of the city. There is, there's a governmental responsibility that we carry. Who? Us? 
Yes, us. You know, that's something that has been consistently spoken over us as, as a body by people coming to visit. So it's a really key thing. Now, I am going to address one other issue. And that's the leadership of this church. There are times that there's stuff said out there about us as a church. Uh, We as a couple or as a family and about me in particular. (laughs) And it usually has something to do with the integrity or legitimacy of our existence as a church or my legitimacy as a leader. And while today is about vision, I think it was really interesting the word that Leone brought. And I just want to take this opportunity to bring clarity of vision, especially on this front. So first of all, I want to address the issue of my own leadership. I am not self-appointed. I'm so glad this is being recorded. I've waited a long time to say some of these things. Before any of you, before any ministry was even formed, there was an apostle named Phil Howell from Perth who came to Bendigo with his wife and two prophets. They came to lay hands on Brit and I and to call us back into ministry after we had not functioned in ministry for a number of years. And, you know, I just, to put this into perspective, yes, I am knocking on the door of 50. For those of you who are under 25 or 30, I have had more years in adult life and in spiritual leadership than you have had years walking the planet, right? So there is, there is a lot of history there and uh, we, we had a time where we'd been involved in ministry. We had a time that we were away and uh, the Lord brought a man from Perth to call us back into that ministry. I am recognised, acknowledged and affirmed by the leadership team of this fellowship and by a number of other spiritual peers as an apostle. This does not make me someone special, but it makes me a coach and a submitted servant of everyone else around me. That's what it means to be an apostle. I do not run the way as many people would like to think. As an apostle, I am looked to to provide direction from the Lord for this fellowship. But the decision-making power does not lay solely with me. I am submitted to our eldership, which is made up of Brit and I, Graham and Lois, and Rob and Deb. Together, the church is governed by these people. We also have individuals who operate as fivefold ministries in accordance with Ephesians 4.11. I've already said I'm recognised as an apostle. Lois and Rob are recognised as prophets and Graham, Linda and Ellie are recognised as pastors. We also have a younger ship 
all churches or should have in some form or another an eldership. We also have a youngership, which you just got to meet. Our youngership is something that, yes, we invented, but it's about us training up our young leaders to help have input into the life and direction of this body without having to bear the burden of actually carrying it. So they get to speak into the life of this church. And I believe that that's why, even though we are small in number, we have so many strong, dedicated, disciplined followers of Christ in young adults, particularly the young men. Did you notice that? And that, is, that I believe, is a sign. I love you girls too. You know it. But it is... But sadly, in many churches, young men like that is becoming an increasingly rare thing. We constantly seek to align our leadership structure to the model demonstrated in the Scripture. And it's given us such checks and balances to provide a robust and healthy leadership. The fruit of which is this fellowship. And that's the thing. I encourage you to dig around in this fellowship because this is a good, strong, healthy body of related and discipled believers. So I, I want to take some time to go through a few key things that really um, are emphases for us as a church. One, of course, is our house churches. Um, all of our house churches are for everybody. Now, you know, last year we had some that were devoted to the young adults. The young adults, the youngership themselves, have said, we want to change that. We, we like it better when we've got people from the full strata of our fellowship involved with us. And so we, this year we are switching things back to every house church is for everybody. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask Ellie to pull out her laptop yeah, and if you are, if you have a desire or plans or are running a house church, we are going to, Ellie's going to sit down right now. She's going to plug in your name, your phone number, and when you meet, like what time and day of the week, and if you, if you are happy to, she'll, she can put address details there, but public website, we're not going to do that without um, your approval. We don't need it. We want to give people your number so they can ring you and find out about it. During the course of the rest of this, if you are intending to or you are running a house church, I want you to go and see Ellie while we're, we're going through today and make sure your details are plugged in. So by the end of the meeting, all of our house churches are going to be on the website and ready for you to connect up to off the website, okay? So any of you can feel free to start doing that even now while I'm talking. It's okay. You're allowed to move. <laughs> All right. So if you are running a house church, you're going to go and talk to her. Um, if you count yourself as part of the way, you will actively be engaged with a house church. 
we determine, like a lot of people determine who's a member and who's involved and who's engaged in the church by who turns up to the big Sunday meeting. We don't. For us, the measurement of your relational commitment, if I can put, that, put it that way, we don't have a membership that you can sign up and say that you're a member and just not do anything with us. We, we measure our membership by one form, relational commitment. Does that make sense? So if you want to be considered a member of the way, you will have a strong relational commitment to a house church. Um, Now, for some of you, you might say, well, I don't think there's a house church for me. You know, there's, there isn't one that really fits my needs or, or meets my requirements or meets on the day that I want to. Well, guess what? I have got an amazing suggestion for you. Start one. Now, hear me on this. As a fellowship, you have been called, ordained, equipped by God to go into the world and make disciplined followers of Jesus Christ. So you don't need to ask permission to start a house church. Just start one. The the best thing that you can do is just begin and we will back you all the way. Maybe tell us so we can put it up on the website. (laughs) But aside from that, go for it. There's nothing stopping you, yes, you, Yes, you. Did you see how I did that? I pointed and I didn't look at anyone. (laughs) There's nothing stopping you from starting a house church. Our house churches also have mandates. The first mandate is to grow as a house church. All right, this means evangelism needs to be at the core of your church somehow, somewhere. It needs to be in the mix, okay? The second thing is to grow the individual. And you will see, if I can get, uh, Isaac, if I can get you to come and and, uh, website drive. On our website, we've got two key tools which will help you grow individuals as disciplined followers of Christ and to develop your house church. Now, the first of this is, uh, if we go under community and discipleship, you'll see that we've got two packages, I guess you could call it, that you can use. The first one is called Living in the Way. Living in the Way is a... is. Uh, a 20-session series which is designed as a tool for you to one-on-one mentor, train and disciple another person in their walk with Christ. It's designed to be conversational. It's not a lesson. And when you go into one of these packages, what you'll find is that, first of all, you'll get some key conceptual information that'll enable you to 
prepare for when you meet with that person. Then you'll get some conversation points. You'll get quotes. You'll get scriptures to look at. You'll get questions to ask the person that you're talking with. All of this is designed to help you effectively mentor and disciple another believer. Now, the second set of tools we have, we call the jump starter or kickstarter church kickstarter and this is designed if you have never run a house church before in your life and you just don't know what to do well guess what that's what this is for it will lead you over the course of 12 weeks it will help you take a whole bunch of brand new believers or people that have been believers for a long time even and bring you into a healthy, full expression of life in Christ and living as a, a body of believers, as a house church. So we've given you everything that you need in order to grow healthy believers. And so that, that is the, the, the core of our ministry is house churches. So at the end of this meeting, I want you to jump on the website and pick a house church. Find one that you want to join. Go make sure that you meet the leader of it. Get details. Find out when things are getting together and start to lock into a house church if you haven't done that already. A second key thing that we're using is the, in, in the life of our church is the peace collaboration. The Peace Collaboration is going to be very ably led this year by Luke and uh, he's taking points on it this year. And we, yeah, come on, give him a hand. It's a big job he's taken on. According to the mandates of Scripture, we are called to go into all the world and make disciples. Jesus outlined this by saying, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Jerusalem for us is Bendigo. Our house church is a part of that. And we're going to talk a little more about what else is going to be a part of our Jerusalem shortly. Judea and Samaria are the regions around us. So we'll be doing much this year to reach into the towns around us through the Peace Collaboration. And you'll find details on it on our website. And uh, that's going to be a very active part of the life of our church this year. And if you don't think that you're able to go to another town, think about another suburb. Think about your own neighbourhood. There are ways that you can reach out. And Luke, with heading up the Peace Collaboration, would be overjoyed, overjoyed to help you find your way out into that kind of a ministry. But back to Jerusalem for a moment. As we've mentioned, part of our calling is to be an apostolic hub. That's something I'll talk about a little further in a moment. But as part of that, we as an eldership believe that the door is being opened for us as a fellowship to have our own base, a physical locale, a building. 
Uh, it, it hasn't been a secret, but we've just been quietly letting the word out as we haven't been ready to really make a big announcement about it yet. But uh, we are in negotiations on a building and we expect to come to an agreement on that within the next few weeks. Uh, obviously, building use approval uh, will be required and so we have to check those things out. But we've been assured that subject to meeting some planning requirements, some basic things like appropriate toilet facilities and that sort of thing, there should be nothing blocking us from using this building. Obviously, there's going to be a period of fitting out. It's not like there's some church sitting there waiting for us to just walk into. It's going to require some fitting out, and some people are going a lot of fitting out. <laughs> um, but the decision has not been made without much prayer and consultation with every strata of leadership. Our ministries, eldership, Youngership and other individuals which can offer key input on such a decision have been included. And I can say we have absolute consensus across the breadth of our leadership that this is in the plans and purposes of the Lord for us. So what is this building like? Well, it's located in the CBD. And while there's no off-street parking, but there is plenty of street parking and um, nearby parking, so that's fine. Um, the, the building itself will cater for an auditorium of about 400 people. Uh, we have plans to put in a commercial kitchen to extend the activities of our food bank from this location. Uh, we are planning to have a commercially viable coffee shop in the front of the building, not, not just a not just a little church coffee and donuts coffee shop, an actual, real, open to the public coffee shop. Um, we are planning to have a regularly running healing rooms ministry operating in there, to have collaboration facilities for our creatives, for worship recordings and, and so forth, and to extend the reach or extend outreach as a body through social and internet media with recording and streaming of teaching and conferences from what will end up being quite an amazing facility for those kinds of activities. We also plan to offset the costs of these facilities by making it a commercially attractive and accessible environment for conferences, seminars, presentations and so forth. And of course, by doing so, we'll make it interesting for those who have used it who may want to come back and see what church is like there. Now, while we recognise that this is a big step and is going to require us to launch in faith and to band together to see this come to fruition, we believe that the time has come for the way to come out from the underground, as it were, and to make the mark on the city that we were called to make. And this facility will become the hub from which we will do that. Now, church buildings can be a liability in many ways. Not the least of these can be financial. But we believe that this building will not be so much a church building as an apostolic hub. 
A common objection in connecting to us as a fellowship has been that we're simply so difficult to find. And uh, as we've said, in, in the next four weeks, over the, the four-week period, we're going to be in four, I think five if you count BHOP, different locations in four weeks. And so it simply, it really makes it difficult for people to find us. And even in the time that we've put up our new website, we have had families seeking to connect to us, individuals contacting us, wanting to know about us as a church. But for people that don't understand yet lifestyle Christianity, this kind of thing can be a little bit difficult to come to grips with. And I believe that having a hub is going to create a connection point from which people are going to be able to bounce off into everything else that's going on in the life of this, this body of believers. While with any large project such as this, there will be a time of establishment, this is not a shift from our Acts 2 mandate of the importance and emphasis on meeting in homes. But just as the New Testament church met in homes and in the temple courts, this place will provide for us our temple court. Now, some churches are called to be an expression of the body of Christ to their locality, meeting the felt needs of the community as they represent Jesus to that community. But there are other churches that receive a mandate to reach beyond their locality and to have an impact more generally on the landscape of Christendom, regionally, nationally, or even internationally. Some really good global examples of that would be Bethel, yep, IHOP. What about Hillsong? Seafan, right? The, these are churches who went way beyond that mandate to be a local expression of the body of Christ and to end up touching the nations of the world. I believe that while we will, of course, be Jesus to our community, there rests upon us a calling to reach well beyond our locality and to seek to have an impact on a much broader scale. On no few occasions have those who visit us to minister called me aside privately to affirm this concept to us as a church. So what this looks like, the seeds are, I believe, just beginning to sprout. But I want to put this to you. We, this people, are not just a church. We are a movement, a new wineskin, a fresh expression. Some people just won't get it. But there, I believe, are many people who are already seeking us, seeking what God has implanted in us. They're looking to find it. So I believe that there's a call for us as a body of believers in this, our 10th year, 
Yes, 10 years. Graham and Lois have been there for all of it. Yeah, Rob, I think. Rob was at our first, without, first or second without walls meeting. Second one. Carlin and Tez were at our first one. That's right. Yeah. So this being our 10th year, I believe that there's a call to bring our light from out from under a bushel and put it on a stand. To meet this challenge is going to require all of us to activate our faith, check our fears and self-interest, and to earnestly seek to find out from God how my part fits into all of this. Your call and purpose makes up a part of God's plan and purpose, but for the way and for Bendigo. What you've written and posted up there is part of God's plan for the city of Bendigo. But your scroll is going to be fulfilled as part of the body that he has placed you in. That's the way that he designed it to work. Dedication and commitment, not just for your own cause, but for the broader cause is going to be required of all of us. But understand this, we are not seeking to build a platform for a ministry to call others to come to, although I believe many will come. But they are going to be coming because what God is doing amongst us is that he is building a launch pad from which many will launch into this nation and the nations of the world. And again, if you find yourself in this room today, I want to say to you that there is a prophetic call on your life for a launching. If we're going to see this accomplished, however, this house and this people are going to have to shift in one particular area, independence. We've done a great job growing strong, healthy and self-reliant believers. But in this next season, you will be challenged to let go of your independence and yield to an interdependent joining and fusing together for the Lord's purposes beyond you to be accomplished. Does that make sense? The question is, are you ready to be part of something that is greater than you? Because I believe that we, not I, am I, am I making this point clear? What we are being called to, I am not asking you to fulfill my vision. I am asking you to allow me to assist you to fulfill your vision 
as part of what God has for our vision. Does that make sense? My job is to help you do that. I remember many years ago saying to a pastor, the day that you had that tag pastor put on you, any calling and vision that you had for your life is actually gone. Your purpose is, is now to help the people fulfill their calling. And that's why I took you through the process of saying, what is the calling and the purpose of the way? Because I wanted to show you that you actually already know what it is. And you know it because it's a part of you. And what we're talking about here is that there is, there is so much in the life of this body of believers where people are stepping into their own calling and their own destiny and their own purpose. But I believe that what the Lord is calling us to at this time is an interdependent relationship, not a dependent relationship. Right? There's a, there's a difference between dependence and interdependence. You see, dependence looks like this. I need you. Graham, I can't survive without you. I need you in my life. If I don't have you, I'm going to spiritually die. I might even fully naturally die. I need you. Right? That is dependence. Interdependence is this. Graham, I don't need you. I am, I am perfectly able to live my life in Christ. I don't need you looking after me. I don't need you watching over me. <laughs> but you know what? If we join together, I believe that you and me are going to accomplish something far greater than either of us were ever going to do on our own. And that's a conversation that took place about 10 years ago. That's right. And I believe that for us as a body, that's what we're being called into. We're not asking you to give up your independence. What we're asking you to do is fully stand in that and realise that with all the strength, everything, all the resource, all the ability that you've got, that by joining hands with others around you who are like you, what can be accomplished? With one, I will put a thousand to flight, but with two, I will put 10,000 to flight. What happens when 50 of us join together? What happens when that 50 becomes 100, that 100 becomes 200, right? It... On the day of Pentecost, it says that there are 120 people gathered together in one accord. And that's the thing. We are not looking to grow a big church full of people that are dependent on us providing. Well, you know, you don't have a children's ministry that's satisfying for us. Or, or you don't have a Tuesday Tuesday afternoon painting class so I can't come to your church right no we're not looking for those kinds of people 
But that's not what we're after. What we are looking for is people that are already able to stand on their own two feet and to say, as long as it's me and Jesus, we are going to make it. And from there to turn around and say, and I can see that you guys are like me. And so I want to join hands with you. And I believe that that is what we are being called to. We want to support you in your calling, in your ministry, in your destiny. But it was God's plan from the beginning to make you a part of a body where every joint supplies, the Scripture says. And that as you are supplying and as you are joined together, then every part receives all that it needs to work and function its most effectively. And that is what I believe that we are called to as a church. But for that, it means the yielding of your independence to step into interdependence. And I believe that, that for 2020, and certainly for the foreseeable few years beyond, that is what we are called to do. So I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to say that, we're, well, we're going to come around the communion table and we have outlined unequivocally who and what the way is. And you know, every time that we come around the communion table, we do it at without walls. And we have always had this wonderful mindset and attitude that when we take the Lord's table, anyone who is, who is willing to acknowledge Jesus can partake of that table. Even people who are working it out. The scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Just have a taste. But you know, today's a special day. And, and I, I want to say this. We have come together. This is a gathering for the way. We are coming together as a body. We are coming into a new season. There is, there is a call for us little froggies to move from one pond to another. I think that that is a great word that, it, that sums up the shift that's taking place in the spirit today. And so I, I'm, going to, I'm going to say this. If, if I, I want to allow everyone to stay and be a part of this moment for sure. But... As we come around the table, I want those who count themselves, maybe today, maybe for the first time, and you're saying, I'm ready to commit to this. This is the kind of thing that I want to be a part of. Then I want us to join together in communion because that's what we're being called into, a common union. That's what we are called to, is a common union. I'm going to ask the musicians if they can come up. And uh, I'll have... Uh, maybe we'll get some of the young ladies today. Would you like to distribute the emblems? Thank you. We'll have the strong young women. Yeah. Yeah, there's only two. We only need two. Thank you, Jesus.
Now I've done a lot of the talking today. I, I want to, as we come around the communion table, as we step into 2020, as we are laying hold of his calling and his purpose, and let's face it, some of the big things that he's putting before us, big things, new building and, and reaching out, laying hold of other towns and establishing in other places. There's some big stuff. You go, we're only a little people. He's putting some big things ahead of us. But I believe that he's calling us to it. Uh, Rob, you shared something really interesting with me before. Can you come and share that just in this moment? So as we were in the worship at the start of the meeting, I had a very strong um, impression of a scene in The Lord of the Rings when they're about to go and to take the Black Gate or they're going to go and to confront it and it looks as though they're really under-resourced and they're in the book at least. Then one of them says, what are we doing? That we're barely the size of the vanguard of the armies of old and we're going out to take on this enormous horde. But it's just going to, like, they're going to laugh at us, right? And um, in the book, then Gandalf says, no, there are names among us that are worth, are worth more than a thousand, a thousand knights clad in, uh, in iron, in the mail, right? Like the, um, yeah, like the chain mail they used to wear, right? There are names among us that are worth more than a thousand of the mail-clad knights. And I strongly felt that for this fellowship, that as we look around, that we should see each other like that. As the younger ship was standing up, we need to... I mean, it's easy to, to, to see them like that as the children are circulating, that we see them like that. There are names among us that are worth a thousand. Sons of Sceva. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Sherry I know. Maurice I know. Luke I know. Tony I know. There are names in the realms of darkness. There are names that are known. And I believe the names of the people in this room are names that are known in the ranks of the enemy. We may only be a small number but we've been called to a great quest. (laughs) There 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 is far greater resources spiritually gathered together in this room. Hallelujah. I just want to open up the microphone here before we eat and drink together. I just want to give any one of you that, that wants to 
bring a word of affirmation. You want to pray for us as a body. You want to affirm your, your, your stance or your commitment or just have the, the opportunity to publicly say something into what's been said today, you know, to just pray words of affirmation. Then I, I want to give you opportunity to do that before we eat and drink together. that we're meeting on this date. The second letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Beit, which is a picture of a house. And it has the value of two. Today is the second. The second. And we talk about, we met here at two o'clock, the twos are, the twos are lining up. Not that I believe in that, but you know what I mean. Um, we've talked about the fact that this is the year that we're going to have our own house that's no accident the letter Kaf is the 11th letter of the Hebrew alphabet but it has the value of 20 and Kaf is the palm of a hand it represents the picture represents the palm of a hand the palm of God's hand the literal meaning is palm, which is considered the location where the potential of... Remember, a few of you would remember a few weeks ago I talked about Yod, the hand of God. Well, now we're talking about the palm. And interestingly enough, the value of the word Yod, which is, which is hand, is the same as the value of the letter cuff which is the palm now please I'm not into numerology numerology is counterfeit the gematria the Hebrew gematria God put everything in numbers numbers he did that not not me not some super spiritual person God the reason we bless children with the palm facing them and we envision God as having his palm over us is because this image suggests the calling forth of a latent power of the spirit within for manifestation in the physical world. That's the word for this year over this house. God has his palm over us, suggesting the calling forth of a latent power of the spirit within for the manifestation in the physical world. Father, we just thank you that there are no coincidences in the kingdom of God. We thank you that today is the day where we start, we begin to see the manifestation of everything we've been believing for, that Todd's been believing for and the, and the eldership have been believing for since, the, since you put this in their hearts. Father, you're outside of time. Todd and, and, and the crew here have been looking at this for 10 years, but you saw it from eternity. And we just thank you for what we're stepping into next. In Jesus' mighty name. Just as we uh, come to this time of communion, uh, the word 
interdependence was used. And, you know, we could think that we're dependent on Jesus. And that's, that's not true, actually, even though we, we can think that. We certainly love Jesus. We, we're thankful for what Jesus has done. But Jesus affirmed us as friends and brothers. And he left us with his work to complete. So no longer are we dependent on Jesus in that respect where we're interdependent. And I just want to affirm my interdependence with all of you here today. And I think that uh, it's just a wonderful privilege to be able to be part of this, this body and to be able to serve with you. And um, I can see the future is going to be even much greater than we've dreamed or expected or anticipated because of the, the synergy of coming together and that interdependence. But I, you know, it was the thought I had, we come in all reverence before the Lord and we're so thankful for what Jesus has done and we honour Jesus um, that he gave his life for us. But he's saying to us, you know, you're now brothers, you're now friends and we're working together so we're interdependent on one another. And he's ever interceding before the Father on our behalf, which is a, a wonderful thing. And so we, we sort of take that on too, that we intercede uh, for, for one another. We're praying for one another, lifting each other up and um, uh, considering each other uh, more highly than ourselves. And uh, as we come into this attitude of, of communion, I just felt that that was worth sharing. And um, so, um, yes, I, I affirm my interdependence with everyone here. I just want to congratulate Todd on such a terrific presentation too. And it's, it's good to know who we are and Jesus affirms those things with us. As we know who we are, he then affirms that. Uh, and he then can work even greater things in our lives when we know who we are and who we're part of. Um, yeah, so my heart's pounding a lot and I'm a bit scared, but I really want um, to thank everyone just... Um, for believing in your in each other, and um, I haven't been here that long, but yeah, I really feel um, <laughs> exactly. I feel believed in. Um, So if you're new here, um, I want you to know that you're believed in too. Um, hang in there. <laughs> yeah. And thanks, Todd. Um, yeah. For believing in us too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw a picture in worship of a palm branch like covering like it was bent over. Makes so much sense now. <laughs> but earlier when we were praying, I just could not help but think of 
the story of Nehemiah. And it's kind of a word for you, Todd. Um, Nehemiah was put in his heart to leave Babylon and to go and rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. So he, he went and as he was building the wall, there was battles. There was people that would speak against the Lord's work that he was doing. But nevertheless, he managed to um, lead and inspire a people to fulfill what the Lord was calling him and the nation of Israel to. But I couldn't help but think there was a moment when finally the walls were done and the structure was in place. They had reestablished what was torn down. But it said that the city was so big and yet the people that were there at the finish and the completion of the wall was so small. And I was, couldn't help but think that's exactly where we are right now. It's like there's been this building of the wall, there's been this hard labour and there's been the trials and, and, and the wars along the way that we've had to fight. But you have faithfully built the wall and fought for the last 10 years. And now there's this point of transition where you're standing and you're looking at the structures that's been put in place, the discipleship making tools and everything that God has brought about in the last 10 years. And you've got the team around you to actually carry what, um, what God is going to release. And now we're at this point where we stand inside this, this completed wall and we just say, God, fill it. Fill it, God. So I pray that right now, God, would you fill this house? Lord, as, as the, the people have been labouring for all these years to build the walls around the church, to provide a place where people can be safe, where people can be transformed, where they can be empowered to live their life in Christ that they've been called to. Now, God, we ask you to, would you move your hand, that palm of your hand that, that covers us, Lord, would we see a move of your spirit in this city? Would you fill the walls of this house, God, with many, many souls? Lord, we ask you to move, move, come with your Holy Spirit like you did in the first era of the church where thousands were added, where people were added day by day. God, we look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, we, we will go, we will preach the gospel with boldness, Lord, and we will just turn to you with every soul that comes in and say glory to God in the highest. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. just felt a nudge to come back and I need to say something about Todd and Britt, particularly Todd, I'm, but for both of you and I just need to really, uh, and I think that everyone who knows them, which is most of you will know this, but there is such a, um, like a, 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 I'm just trying to f articulate this, but it's an affirmation of what Todd said, that he is not here for us to um, fulfill some drive in him to have a big, a big ministry. Right? If you get to know them, that's not what they are driven by. The calling is there to lead and they do that effectively and, and well, as you can see. But really the heart is open. The open house is there. All of us know this, that we can, it can come and share vision from the youngest and the newest and the vision will be heard the openness of the heart and the house uh, is there. 
and um, the propelling of everyone to run in their own individual calling and vision is authentic and real. And the, it's, it's, it's the hand of the Lord that is upon them uh, to run, to, to take up their functions um, in leadership. But I just want to go on record to say that, and I know all of us know this, but I just need to say it. If it's being recorded, I hope it is, um, because that is the true heart that is in them. And uh, that we celebrate it and we thank God for them. I'm going to invite uh, the way to come forward. Join me at the front here. Getting close. We love each other. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Father, we stand together today as your people. Committed not to some some distant idea or some plan of one person but committed to one another committed to see your plans your purposes and your calling fulfilled in each other's lives Lord whatever it is that you have for us as a people to accomplish we welcome you we welcome your direction we open our heart and our hand to you as you have so clearly opened your hand to us We thank you for the blessing of the palm of your hand stretched towards us. We choose to enter into that blessing today. Father, as we eat and we drink of you, we partake of you. We partake of your body, therefore we partake of one another. And so Father, we do that today. We eat and we drink together in your name. Amen. Let's eat and drink.